Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got a great crew here today. Um, we're filming this as well, so be sure to go to our website. Uh, Channel 7 are going to come in a bit later and film a bit of it as well. Um, I'm st- standing half wounded, so the reason I've got uh, my, my suit on, I normally come in a track, sen- uh, track pants and gear. Um, the reason I'm sort of dressed like this is because I couldn't go to the gym this morning because I tore the tricep muscle off my elbow and this Friday I've got to go and get it all reattached by, uh, by some sort of weaving technique which I'm not looking forward to and I'm going to be out of action for a while so I won't be throwing too many rights for a while but uh, so I'm going to have to work out some other way of training and uh, it's interesting I was talking to a psychiatrist uh, not because I had to have an appointment but it happened to be a mate of mine who is a psychiatrist <laughs> over the road here I was having a mag to him about these sorts of things and uh he said the most important thing in recovery, and I guess this same thing applies to business, the most important thing in recovery is not sitting there and getting overwhelmed by what you can't do, but more importantly, try and intellectualise what you can do with what you got. So he started suggesting to me things like, you know, using your legs more, more training about your stomach and sort of look as though, make it feel as though that you're going to try and do something advantageous to yourself in those areas which you would not ordinarily concentrate on just in terms of training. And I guess that same thing applies to business when things become overwhelming. Speaking of, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of overwhelming, you wouldn't be um, uh, Robbins and Caruso if you were over, felt overwhelmed with what's going on out there economically in the world. It's so confusing about um, the what's happening in various parts of the world and, and in fact, how they're going to affect Australia. And interestingly enough, two of my guests that I have here at the moment are going to talk about things that they do in their line of work. One is uh, in the luxury end of town and he's probably going to say that the world's not changing really for his for his business. And uh, the other guy's in actually in the small change part of the world and uh, helping people use that small change, turn it into big change. And uh, it'd be interesting to hear what both parties say because I actually think both... Tony and James um, are in positions to take advantage of the big confusion that sits in the world today economically. The big confusion is around data. We get too much data and we rely too heavily on data and off the back of data we build, try and build trends and off the back of the trends we decide to invest or not to invest, whether it's investing hard-earned into the markets or whether it's investing hard-earned to be building our, making our business bigger um, and there is just so much information around and we are living in an information age that we tend to dwell on it and it's creating confusion. I think that's the best um, explanation of where the market is today, economically, globally and in Australia. Confusion. 
we listen to government and we talk about government policy, we get confusion about the property markets. And I, I did an article the other day in the Fin Review where I said it'd be a nonsense if the government introduced capital gains changes to property owners and negative gearing because it would just create a greater impact on prices in, in terms of the property market today and create greater uncertainty. We just live in this ridiculously uncertain environment, both at a political and policy level and at a data level. So look, the best thing to do is just clear the desk and do some ballsy things and make some investments. So in my business, Yellow Brick Road, I just said, okay, if the banks want to play the confusion game, they don't know whether they want to put increase their margins, they don't know whether they want to decrease, decrease their margins, they don't know if they want market share. I'm just going to go hard, I'm going to do something nice, simple, I'm going to spend plenty of money advertising with a great rate and try and get as much market share from the home loan market as I possibly can. End of story. James Kennedy, Tony Fay, you guys have made calls, you've just said, okay, fuck this, I'm just going to go into this marketplace and make as big an impact as I possibly can in relation to luxury items, which is what James Kennedy's game is. And in terms of Tony, it's introducing a new product into Australia and getting hold of people, small change and turning into big dollars. So I'm going to start with you, Tony. Sure. Welcome. Thanks. Good to be here. What's the name of your business, mate? Uh, Acorns Australia. And now, give me something about its heritage. Uh, it's, it was, it's actually an app that we, we bought the licence for to distribute in Australia. From where? From, from the US. It's a successful app in the US developed by um, a father and son team, the Cruttendons. Um, right. They've been going for about 18 months in America. They've got 2 million um, subscribers over there and about a million uh, active investors at the moment. And they've helped people save 100, over 100 million in loose change. So, okay, so I, I love this concept. So, Acorns obviously comes from that song. I can't remember who used to sing it from Little Acorns, Big Oak Trees Grow. Is that sort of That's, that's our motto. From? Yeah, so, so the, the significance of Acorns is, you know, turn us something small. If you do it often enough, it'll turn into something big. Is that, that, that's the bottom that's line. That's exactly it, Mark. I've so often explain heard you, it. I've often heard you talk about people needing a savings plan. Yep. What this does is take the, the, the planning out of it. Once the app's set up, um, it takes your small change, virtual small change, so any debit card or credit card that's linked to the, to the app, um, say you buy a cup of coffee for $3.50, you tap and go, it rounds it up to $4, and the $0.50 cents, um, gets invested in a portfolio of ETFs that you choose. It's, it's, ETF, it's really a, ETFs exchange traded funds. So correct. So we'll come back to where it's invested. So there's an app, and it's called Acorns. Acorns. Yeah. So I can go. You can go to the iTunes. app store. Yep. Um, you can go online to our website. Yep. Um, Acornsau.com.au yep. and download it from there as well. So I now I now become a member of Acorns or a subscriber or whatever whatever the best terminology is. Um, the app then appears on my my device. Yep. Um, I then can authorize the app to say. Rounded up fifty cents. Is that, is that how well, do you round up? Um, so if it's a if it's a full dollar amount, say you buy something for ten dollars, it rounds it up to eleven dollars. If you buy something for ten dollars fifty, it rounds up to eleven dollars. So the, the, the so formula is already set. It's set. Yeah. But you can choose whether you want to have automatic roundups or manual roundups. So if you have automatic roundups, everything's automatically done. If you have manual, you can actually click on the ones that you want to round up. So basically, it means that every time I make a, a purchase, which is like. Because I was thinking about this this morning when I was, this morning when I was wandering around the house, I, I thought to myself, you know, it's sort of quite clever because what it's doing, we all want to save. We all have this idea, it's a great idea to save and we have you know, great aspirations of doing it and we, then we say, okay, I'm going to have a savings plan and then you say, okay, and how much am I going to save? Then I have to physically do it. Um, what this actually does is it makes you do it there and then, right at the source, at the, at the it, lowest common denominator. It's a virtual piggy bank, you know. Yeah. So instead of having the jar of coins next to your bed, it's actually being accrued for you and invested for you. 
Um, you can also say, listen, I want to save a small amount, say $5, 10 $20 a week, and you can have a recurring deposits going to the account, or you can make a one-off deposit. So this, this um, app somehow has software or technology that actually can go into your account? Correct. So it, it links your... Is it only going to link your credit card account or...? It, it, it links your... <clears throat> any card that you want to. For instance, I've got my MasterCard, my Visa card and my Amex. So you can link, link all three? Them. Yep. Right. Every time I spend a little bit of money on those, in the background, the app does the roundups and when the roundups get to $5, it'll go to your, your funding account, which is your normal bank account, take the $5 out and so invest just it for you. It's just debiting the, those accounts. It's not actually plugged into your, your CBA or Westpac account. It's sort of like it's, it's, an, it's an app that you're authorising to take money out of your account. It's like making a tip. Your, it's like yeah. adding a tip, I guess, is it? Okay. Well, not really. It, it's, but it, it, what it does is it doesn't show up on your credit card statement. So right. if you buy something on your credit card for $5.50, you'll see on your credit card statement $5.50. Right. But when if you do that 10 times, it'll then... The, the roundups will have added up to $5. It'll go to your bank account and take $5. So you're not adding to your credit card debt. Right. Um, it's just a way of, of we need to get it to $5 to make it economic because yeah, we, we, we pay all the transaction fees. Yeah, yeah there's transaction costs associated. Yeah. That's, that's pretty clever. So have you done any analysis that um, if I put in, I'm sure someone's done something, if I put in 50 cents, if I buy a cup of coffee every day, there'd be some example I guess you use. If I put in, if I buy a cup of coffee every day for $3.50 and I get it round up to $4 and I'm 25 years of age over so many years investing at a so assumed rate, I'll have X dollars. Have you done something yeah, like that? Yeah, there's an interactive chart on the, on the app so right. people can put in how much they want to save and the chart will do the projections. Now, it's their investments in the stock market. So yeah, yeah. Um, you can choose the level of risk that you want. Um, but there's there's definitely been um, simula simulations done on what that would How be. How much you can make. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Um, Australia's got a more advanced banking system, better iPhone penetration, and we're seeing that the roundups in Australia are more and on a weekly basis than in America. It's, it's a much more a cash society in America. Yeah. And as we go more and more cashless, there's more and more roundup opportunities. Right. So, because, you know, I, when I was thinking about it this morning again, I, I thought the amount of... Bloody shit coins I accumulate. They're all also trying to get rid of five cent coins now. That's that's the latest talk. They're talking about getting rid of the five cent coins at the mint, um, because you know you accumulate these things: five cent coins, ten cent coins, twenty cent coins, dollar, and like it's just a whole pile of stuff sitting there doing nothing. It's idle cash. Now, if that if you multiplied me by, you know, say fifteen million people who actually have this accumulated dough, that's a lot of money sitting out there in the system not working. A lot, a lot of dough. I mean, you well, get a lot of Rolexes with that. Um, absolutely. In, 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 the, um, in the three weeks since we've officially launched, we've already helped Australians save nearly $3 million worth of loose change. Wow. And, and, and how many weeks? About three weeks. Three weeks, a million bucks a week. Yeah. We had, there's some come in from the beta test before, but it's, it's coming in at, at a much faster rate than we'd anticipated. Okay, so pe people are taking it up. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's your average, who's your typical person? Look, um, at the moment, um, our demographic is male 25 to... Our, our predominant demographic is male 25 to 35. Um, but um, we did some research and we, we're, we're sort of trying to target to, to get more females involved in it as well because it's just as important that they save. And can they take the money out? I mean, how, can you get the money out any time? Yeah, I'll show you afterwards. I mean, the app is a really cool piece of kit. You swipe up to put money in, you swipe down to take money out. Um, so the, it... it, it Credits your account as well, yeah. out of your account. How yeah. quickly do you get the money out? Uh, we got to, we have to sell what's in the market for you, so you, yeah. you, you, the funds will hit your account in three to five business days. Yeah. Is so, there a, sorry, is there a, a salary 
banning, so to speak, or as far as the demographic, that 25 to 35, is there a sort of a salary idea what type of consumer they are from that perspective? We, look, we've got, we've got 22,000 savers on there at the moment. Already? Yeah. Um, it's growing extremely fast. We, we really haven't run, run that sort of Do you get that sort of data? Yet. Yeah. Yeah, because essentially they're opening a brokerage account, so they've got to give us a lot of information. Right. We have to run out of money laundering checks, all that sort of stuff. Um, but to, to get it, it takes about 10 minutes to open an account if everything goes through okay. And once that's up and running, it just happens automatically in the background. So it's, it's so every Australian should have one of these, in my view. I mean, like it, everybody should have 24 million. Of these. I agree with you. No, but I, I mean that. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it should have. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, every kid, every kid at every, every school who has they a have credit to be card, over 18. Uh, do they? Yeah, but it's a great way for grandparents to start saving for their kids' education yeah, yeah, or yeah, any yeah. of those sorts of things. Um, what's what's the business's revenue model? Like, how do you guys get? Paid? It, it, we charge a dollar fifteen a month for the app. Okay. Um, the app's free to download, but it's tw- it's fifteen dollars yeah. uh, a year to have the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if your funds go over five thousand dollars, it's point two seven five percent of the funds under management. Point two, point two seven five. Yeah, so that's quarter percent. Yeah. Pretty cheap. I Very mean, cheap. There's really no fund managers out there. There's yeah. no fund manager in the marketplace who charges that sort of money. No. And, and so and and, and the portfolios, um, there are there are five portfolios you can choose from from um, conservative through to aggressive. Obviously, the aggressive one has greater exposure to the stock all market. ETF, just ETFs. They're all ETFs. Uh, there's no cash. Uh, was well, the cash ETF is part of the portfolio? Right. Um, the dividends get reinvested for you. Um, Who runs the ETFs? Uh, the, oh, which which are they, they're not just uh, they're, inde- they're not just index ETFs. No, no, no. no. iShares, yeah, okay. Vanguard. Those, yeah, okay. Yep. Those, Some of the big names. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there's a corporate bond ETF in there, a okay. government bond ETF. So it's the same seven ETFs in the portfolio, just various um, depending on your risk profile. Yeah. Uh, you choose which which model you want, and then and then what happens is if. They move out of whack. It's just the computer just rebalances it for you. So the so effectively, what you've got is it sounds like a simple thing, but it's not. You've got a you've got an app that's a si- sort of simple bit in terms of. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not that simple. I Consu- know, oh, consumer <laughs> facing. It's sort of it's it's simple to the consumer, in terms of the consumer's use, but it's complex at, at the back of it because it has a whole lot of um, um, uh, links to bank accounts, credit cards, merchants, etc. And then uh, right beyond all that, you've got um, fund managers. You're running a fund. You've got a number of funds. Yeah. Well, you've got one big fund with seven, 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 ETFs. seven yeah. ETFs in it. And um, then you've got this uh, redemption process, which allows people to get their money back after they notify you that they want their money back and you guys actually do got to do the trade yeah. to get the cash. So, so what they end up with is fractional ownership of ETFs. So this is the really smart okay. part of it. So, for instance... Um, an ETF is two hundred dollars. Whatever the ETF is, is two hundred dollars. If someone wants to put, you know, twenty dollars into that, they end up with fractional ownership of that ETF. Right. So that's the really clever part of right. of, of the background of the app. Um, that and being able to sort of talk to all the banks as well. Right. That's it's. Uh, I was going to ask you, amazing. So you establish relationships with the banks to get all this set up, right? Well, we actually use an aggregator. Oh, okay. Um, there's one aggregator that talks to all. Some the banks. sits in between you and the banks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they they have all the interfaces with the banks, right? Yeah. And and you and you hook into their software. Yeah. You integrate into their software. Yeah. And yeah. sorry, just to be clear, the, are the ETFs in Aussie securities, or what's the, uh, what's the, the makeup well, of all that stuff? Okay, so there's yeah. um, cash ETF, 
corporate bond ETF. Yeah, Aussie, bo- Aussie bond Aussie ETF. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, European stocks, okay. Asian stocks, US stocks and Aussie stocks are the okay. seven right. ETFs. And then to be clear, there's, this is not a financial advice business. Um, it's just a product, so no one's giving you financial advice. Absolutely you, no financial you advice. You choose. You, you choose, choose your the risk profile. profile. Correct. And off the back of your profile, you then say, I want to get into that. Yeah. Do I have yeah. to read a big and PDS when I when I sign when I sign up to Acorns about it, each of these ETFs that I'm? Uh, money? It's available on the website. We send you a PDS, yeah, okay. uh, and you have to acknowledge that you've read it. Right. Okay. <laughs> which everyone says, which everyone says, says yes, I agree. agree. Do you think a lot of people are reading? Them? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you think the, the punter? Do you think you know? Like I see like kids using this. You know, or like you know people like my age, twenty five to thirty five, that don't have the scale to get into a big fund, and um, and and they and they're not really thinking too much about the financial product that they're buying into. Um, but you know, That's exactly yeah. it. I mean, what it does, it takes the big decision, investing, yeah. Yeah. and make it a, a whole series of small decisions. Which sure. So, in your, you know, if you want to invest in a fund, you need 2,000, 5,000, whatever the number is, right? You need to fill out a stack yeah. of paperwork that thick. Yeah. This gets people into the, into, the, into the mode of saving and investing. There's a whole bunch of educational... Um, uh, material that comes with it, okay. um, which comes out monthly as a magazine called Grow. Um, so you, it, you, you get something for your subscription on top of the investment. Yeah, process. I mean it's it's yeah. you're reducing the fri- I, I like it because you're reducing the frictions for for people just going ah uh, too hard basket. Well, look, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got sons who are your age, right? Yeah. And they also all that them and I all know, their friends spend many 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 nights at my house. <laughs> my house. <laughs> <laughs> they all say this is what. You know, it's a great thing. And, you know, if they if they Acorns accounts get big enough, they can take it out and give it to a fund manager of their choice. But at least it gets them to the stage sure. where they can make that decision. Can they can they adjunct to it? Can they add to it? Can they say, listen, I want to add $100,000 to... Absolutely. Yeah, they can. In okay. fact... Um, it's a good starter, isn't it? Bloody hell. It's, it's, it's a brilliant into, Well, you know, it's a great thing if, if your kid just left school yeah. and you say, okay, mate, here's your credit card. Yeah. Um, you've got to pay the credit card off, you know, and I'll, I'll help you. I'll put a... 20% of whatever you, you spend, I'll pay 20% and you pay the other 80% so-and-so to your kid. And you say, but you must enter in this savings program mm. with, with, a, you know, with a top-up every time. I'll tell you a funny story. One of the guys in the office, my office, has taken it up and said to his daughter, look, who's 10, I'm gonna, whenever I use my card, um, there'll be a little roundup, and when you're 21, you'll get all the money. The college fund. Well, whatever. So he went to, well, buy, it is, the he went to buy the newspaper with the other day, pulled out some cash. He said, no, Daddy, use your card. Yeah. So, yeah. so oh, kids cob on pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a yeah. quid in it for me. Like, oh, I'll work it out. Yeah. I reckon, those, I reckon it's brilliant. I actually think it's brilliant. I think it's the sort of stuff that, you know, uh, we should have the, you know, the, big, con- the big retail consumer commentators looking at. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that governments should be getting behind. Governments want us all to say, if you get into the kid's head early, if you start getting them on this, pro- you program them at the age of 12, and they sort of get this, or whatever. Like the, do- the dolomite account of the 21st century. Correct. You've yeah, got to yeah, just yeah. brainwash them. <laughs> As we were talking about, brainwashing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like, good business people start off watching and observing good business parents, in my yeah. view. And they, they sort of, they don't even realise it, but it's sort of indoctrinated into them from day one. And this is a process which, in economic policy, in terms of Australia's economic policy, I think would be a good thing. You know, just get people savvy and looking at the rewards as a result of, of saving. Because, you know, what are we going to replace the piggy bank with? And people don't have coins. Kids don't have coins today. They don't even know, don't even know what the difference between a dollar coin and $2 coin is. Yeah. It's, it's rare. They don't, so, I mean, I, when I was growing up, we all had a piggy Everyone had a piggy bank. He had a Commonwealth bank. Remember that? Like you have that Martin Place bank. It was a replica in a tin Next box. Next to your bed. Next to your bed. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't know anybody has a piggy bank or anything like that these days because co- coins are sort of become irrelevant. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, we had someone in here. What's your mate's name, Nick, from uh, uni? Uh, Luke. Luke. Yeah, we had yeah, Luke yeah. in here the, the other day talking yeah. talk about blockchain technology and all the, the new um, uh, cyber coin businesses. You know, there was yeah. no, you know... Physical coins. Yeah, we're going cashless. I mean, the kids work in the pub at Watson's Bay. They say eighty percent of the transactions there are tap and go. You know, it's it's. Yes, I know because I know exactly how that tap and go works. I I pay their credit cards. (laughs) Well, see, you should have. Why haven't you got an Acorns account? I'm I'm thinking about getting an Acorns account. (laughs) Nick, I might have to put you on the Acorns account on the Visa account. In the top kit, you just keep rounding up fifty cents. (laughs) Yeah, to pay the interest. And he's twenty five. Twenty six. Twenty six. Sorry. Uh, it doesn't help my case, actually, when, yeah. I, when I said that I'm older. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, uh, in the per- you're in our sweet spot, Nick. You've definitely, yeah. before I leave here, you have to download the app. You know, I will. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty at the moment of having um, too much money in, in cash, just because I, like, like, I feel like, you know, I, you know. Come on, a minute. I'm trying. He's got too much money, man. No, no, no. I've got no, no. Because I, 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 I'm, I've got a feeling I've got a, some personal ventures that I'm going to need to cop up some cash for in the in the near future. So, so I'm trying to keep some like stay as liquid as possible. But I mean, I mean, I hate looking at the interest on that money in the in the in the term, not the term deposit, but the the e saver account. It is. It is close to nil. It's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it is. And well, that, that's an important point yeah. here because so what, Tony what, Nick's just made a really important because today it's not it's one thing to be able to have that process of saving your money, but the second thing is what's the return you get on the money you save. Mm. And what your point you're trying to make now, Nick, is the return you get on your e saver or you know your cash management account with the bank, mm. electronic cash management account, yep. is just pathetic. Yeah, and is. we are in for an era of very low interest rates. Yep. We, we, I reckon there's ten years of very low interest rates, and yep. what I mean by very low interest rates is somewhere yep. between one point seven five and two point five percent. Yeah, that's that's just keeping pace with inflation, but net of tax. You're behind inflation, so because yeah, exactly. you're paying tax on that. And 2. I mean, if you're going to go manage it actively yourself, you, you know you need to pay all the. You know, I'm not doing big trades or anything, so I don't. I pay the transaction costs are relatively high for me. Plus, you know, you, you, you're worried about you know investing in the market, catching a falling knife, all that sort of stuff. I mean, if you if you know putting it into something like. And, and, you know, as you know, with smarter money, uh, you know, retail investors don't have access to corporate bonds yeah. and, and institutional debt and all that sort of stuff. So maybe, you know, a, a low-friction product like well, Antonio's is probably the lowest I've ever heard of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like without, you know, signing a whole heap of paperwork and going and meeting with a financial advisor, all this sort of stuff. Um, that seems like, you know, something that would, would uh, even for someone who wants to sort of keep his cash, um, something enticing for me to do it. Versus keeping that cash. I think it's just fucking save. smart. I, yeah. I just, yeah. I like it. I just, it's, it's just a smart idea. Well, I, just in terms of the the business model, Tony, I, I can see we're in America. We've got three hundred and sixty million people. Is our market big enough here? I think so. I mean, yeah. we, 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 a crucial number for us to hit is about three hundred thousand. Subscribers, yeah. Well, mate, but, but well, okay. Stan's got four hundred fifty thousand subscribers. My God, if you can't get three hundred thousand, you know, the, Stan being the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the equivalent. Uh, so, uh, if oh, look, if, the interesting thing is, Mark. You know, people because it's in people's face, they see they've they've lost or made money on a daily basis, mm-hmm. mark to market every twenty minutes. So, um, you know, the market goes down, and a whole bunch of people take their money out. So, it's really important for people to understand this is long term mm-hmm. investing. How are you telling people about it? Uh, just social media, Facebook, um, uh, Instagram, right? Okay. Twitter, uh, which is the, the Mark Boris show. Yeah, the Mark Boris show. Yeah. Oh, massive I'll pump ratings. It. Oh, seriously, I'll pump it. 
because I think, I think it's a bloody great idea. Yeah. It's the sort of thing Yellow Brick Road should be doing with someone like you guys. I mean, we should yeah. be doing something like that with you. Well, you know, for, for Yellow Brick Road advisors or franchisees, yeah, or, yeah. it's the next generation of customers for them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's nothing in it for them because it's such a low, low yeah, cost no money, product. No, but, but, you know, they get someone coming in and say, listen, you should get your kids saving. Yeah, and, yeah. And at least sure. they've done something good for the for the family, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and these yeah. people, people will then, you have a bunch of proven savers coming up through the ranks. I love it. I love it. Well, mate, good luck. Uh, I, I think it's brilliant. And as I said earlier, um, Tony Faye and his gang are having a crack at a market, which is, um, as I said, confused, but they've just gone out there and having a crack at something with something totally new, totally different. Okay, well, moving from one end of the market, that is uh, little, from little acorns, big oak trees grow, to the big oak trees, and we're going to talk to James Kennedy now. James, I've known this for is a your while. part of the market, mate. It's my. <laughs> we're talking Actually, about my, my to get to his part of the market. Gotta, account to get to James' part of the market, <laughs> you got to start at Tony's part of the market. Yeah. So, and and I think, I mean, if especially if you're a young person, um, and James Kennedy runs LK Jewelry, but which is actually a lux a luxury brand. Um, when I say luxury brand, it's not only a jeweler, but they look after all sorts of. Luxury brands ranging from Bang & Olufsen more recently, which is one of my favourite, let's call it hi-fi brands. It's probably not a hi-fi brand anymore. It's TV, it's everything. Um, it's monitors and music. Um, and I, he also, they, uh, LK Jewels also own the um, Rolex brand here in Sydney and uh, they're down there in Martin Place and they're at, Rolex is also at the uh, Star Casino. Yeah, L- LK. Multi-brand, multi, so LK Boutique. But you saw Rolex is out at the, at the, at the Star. And, of course, down in Melbourne at Crown. Melbourne, yeah, Crown. Yeah. And then you've also got, um, you, you've also got uh, apart from having your outlets down in um, Melbourne, I mean, I, I guess that the LK Jewelers brand as an outlet in Melbourne, has been there since, I think, day one. Your mum was 97. there. 97. Was your mum there? Yeah, mum origi- was there. Originally? Mum was hammering uh, hammering in the uh, cabinetry when we had to open just on I the I remember it because I, I was one of the first people ever to stay in uh, Crown Casino um, when it was originally opened. Um, and uh, I remember that, that period because the, they didn't have any hot water for ages. They didn't charge me for about uh, – I got, I got these three of it. And I remember uh, mum being down there. Yeah. Um, I should declare that – um, I known James. I didn't know him, but I, I remember him as a little kid um, um, because I knew his father quite well, and his father was a client of mine back in the early eighties, mid eighties. Um, uh, Louis since passed away, and I've certainly known his mum and her sister for a million years, mm. um, and they've been in the jewellery industry forever. And I should say this to you, Nick Boris, James's father uh, made the ring that I bought for your mum. When we got married. All oh, right. Isn't that romantic? Yeah, there we go. There's a bit of nostalgia. There's a connection. I went to Hong Kong and I bought the diamonds. And uh, don't get carried away. There was a million of them. There's just a couple. <laughs> but I bought the guy. I went there because it was cheaper. And I was actually going to Hong Kong Hong anyway. Hong not listening. And, yeah. uh, and I bought them yeah. back. And mum always told me she loved emerald cut diamonds. And I took them to Louis. And uh, Louis um, um, arranged for the, the rings to be made for mum. So uh, I think oh. that's how well I know the family going back. I mean, that was in Double Bay in those days. It was, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, mate, tell me about, he's a young bloke, when I say young, relatively speaking young, he's a 36-year-old guy. He's running... Still young, mate. A big empire. That's the way I see I'm it. I'm getting there. There you are. And I think you're doing a brilliant job. Thank you, mate. So tell me about what you see the future of Lux brands in Australia. 
Well, it's interesting, and, and I think it um, it goes to show interesting having having Tony and I here, um, the the two the two sides of the market. And you mentioned it early on. I think what we're seeing now, and I and I suggest we're probably seeing this globally, is um, the end of middle class. There really is becoming a situation where you've got one end of the market. They're really in the markets as polarised as they've ever been. So, you know, you've got upper class and lower class, and and that's where you're finding success in whatever business you're trying to run. If you're trying to target everybody, and this goes to the point as well you mentioned around data, data doesn't take one segment, it takes the whole lot. So when they look at property, they're not looking necessarily, when they say property comes off, you know, property comes off as an example, they're taking into account the properties that are out, you know, out west or out in the suburbs. And, you know, let's talk about Point Piper and Double Bay and Bellevue Hill and see what's happening with respect to those property prices as an example. So, you know, I think what we're seeing now is irrespective of wealth, there is a market for one side of the of the well, one side of the market um, with respect to luxury goods or, or discount budget goods. So, you, know, you look at you know the top retail companies in the world; they're made up of you know companies like Walmart and Costco, which are very much that budget discount targeting the low end. And then you've got brands like Richmond and LVMH and all these big luxury houses that are, that are sort of you know anchoring anchoring that that side of the market. Um, you know, I think we've, you know, where China is particularly at the moment, um, you know, I've sort of picked, you know, the business has grown where it's grown because of, you know, you know I guess you've got to have a vision, you've got to have a view on where the market's going to go or where, where your business is going to go. And I think I look at really the impact that the Middle East had on London and the UK at the time. Um, and I really think that Australia is set for the same sort of growth from financially where? from China. From China. You know, Are you experiencing that now? Yeah, hugely. Uh, like now or over the over the last, say, five years, has it come off or is it growing or staying steady? It, or it's growing uh, off its head, if right. I'm being frank, yeah. Yeah, so, so and what you're saying now is that um, let's just pick watches, for example. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got the, the, the IWC brand, you've got the Rolex brand, you've got other brands? We've got Cartier, Patek Philippe. Right. So your your what you're experiencing in your retail at a retail level anyway mm-hmm. is uh, great demand. Yes. Is it yeah, because people walking in casinos? Or what? Why is it just? Or is it just? Is it down in Martin Place in the Rolex store? Um, well, look, there's two parts. So the first is um, my very strong view on service and experience. So fifty percent of the fifty percent of the task is having a good product. Right. You can have the best service in the world, the best prices, but if you don't have a good product, you're not going to be able to sell it. I so. Agree with that. So 50% is done by the brands that I represent. So that's, that's that ticks that box. So from now, it's a, a question of the service, the experience. You know, people now want, you know, I don't believe, whether you're rich or poor, everyone deserves to be treated with respect. Mm. You know, when you walk in a store and you're spending your money and you're handing it over to someone, you need to treat them a certain way. And I think I'm taking advantage of people talk a big game but they actually don't action it. And it really comes down to mathematics. You know, sometimes what people don't realise, and you look at the department store business today, it costs money to service square metres. End of story, it's it's simple mathematics. And if you're not generating enough income in every square metre of real estate that you occupy from a retail perspective, you can't afford to staff it. So to be able to provide, but in the watch industry, you make a hell of a lot of money per square metre, where if you're selling, uh, I don't know, iPhone covers you're going to have to sell a lot of iPhone covers to cover it. So, you know, trying to push now this this theory of people, you know, people want to buy a Rolex watch from the Rolex boutique. People want to buy a Louis Vuitton bag from the Louis Vuitton boutique. So it's it's now positioning the brand or any brand in an environment that, 
represents what you're buying, ultimately. So that's, I think, been the, the, the biggest catalyst for us in, in, in growing the business. And obviously with watches, now you, you know, different products mean different things. So I've got B&O as an example. Now, Bang & Olufsen is a luxury audiovisual brand, but it's more targeted at the domestic market like cars would be. As an example, where yeah, watches because some <coughs> person from China is going to come over and buy a BNO and take it back. Correct. Yeah, yeah. With watches, well, you can buy it, put it in your wrist, stick it in your pocket, and you're off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've we've had a, a really a big push lately. We just opened Graf, which was a uh, which is a big um, one of the largest jewelry and diamond companies in the world, based out of London. Yeah. So we've just opened a boutique in Crown, and and we have a, a couple of other jewelry brands, one in particular called Baker as well, which is a, a company based out of New York. We sold a loan uh, in February, and it was Chinese New Year, and Chinese New Year is, is, is generally very strong, and this year's was incredibly uh, much stronger than, was much stronger than last year. You know, we sold one emerald necklace for $800,000, and the guy buying it didn't bat an eyelid when he did it. The down at Crown? Down, no, well, this was actually down at, uh, in Sydney. Right. And what was interesting is he bought, so the China Union pays is this payment facility that's being used a lot um, from, from out of China and what was interesting is he would have spent two million but the limit was a million on the card. Right. So he bought a couple of watches and an emerald necklace <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and walked out the door. And what's interesting is you've got a product, what's become interesting particularly about uh, precious stones, this was an emerald necklace, like a 26 carat Colombian untreated, like an incredible piece of jewellery, but what's happening with this market now, it's actually becoming a commodity. So to be able to stick an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment in wherever, in your pocket and be able to go overseas with it, and it doesn't lose its value because, you know, rare stones and precious stones, they're not a dime a dozen. Like the mines are going to run out eventually and then all of a sudden you're holding on to, you know, a product that's, that's going through the roof. So with Patek watches and Rolex, luxury goods, Hermes is a great example. Hermes, you buy Birkin in a, in a Hermes store, you can go out to the marketplace and sell it for more than you bought it in the store for. Oh, say it again. Really? Yeah. So Hermes. It's, it's so Hermes. It makes a certain number of them, right? Or makes a number of Birkin? A Birkin is a, is a type of handbag, okay. right? And they can start, I don't know, anywhere from some oh, 10 grand and 10 grand up to, say, 60, 100 for full crocodile ones. That can go up to 200 grand. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're clever because they've, they've created this environment. And that's the thing about luxury goods, supply and demand. You know, supply is restricted in the luxury market, and that's the beauty of it. But, you know, to be able to say that there's a company out there where you can walk in a store and buy a handbag and then go stick it on eBay and get double no. is saying a lot for what the luxury market is becoming. Is that because the people who are prepared to pay double don't have access to the homeless stores? You can't get them. So, so a person can only you can only buy. So the rule that that Hermes implemented recently is one person can buy one Birkin baggie. That's it. Um, and do you have to be and do you have to be on their list? Like, correct. You have to by invitation, sort of thing. Pretty much, like like Ferrari. You yeah. know, these are the special Ferraris that get yeah, made. Yeah. You know, the six made and the six people get invited, and yeah. they've got to have owned however many Ferraris. Patek do the same thing. Patek have a, and it's an incredible business model. If you can have a business like this, you've really killed it. You want to buy a half a million dollar, let's say, watch, which let's call it a grand complication or a minute repeater. You can't walk into a store and buy it. You need to ask the president of the company if he'll let you buy it. And he'll make that decision based on who you are, what Love you it. do, how many watches you've already bought from them, are you a genuine watch collector? So you do the same thing that? in bars. I should like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you should pick, pick who comes in and out. Pretty much. <laughs> but uh, what an incredible scenario that... You could walk, you could be an absolute multi-millionaire. So I'll give a million dollars for that half a million dollar watch and they'll sell it, they don't care. 
Doesn't matter what money what money you got. So is there a new phenomenon rising though? I mean, that's not something we experienced in Australia up until say ten years ago. I mean, no. it's just not something we experience here. So, is there this new phenomenon in the world of um, say wealthy Asians or wealthy whatever? I mean, yeah. I guess they're coming out of Asia. A lot of these people. Oh, look, a lot, a lot are. I yeah. think um, you know, you look at the. Um, you know, this population increase that they're talking that we're going to get in the next 20, 30 years to go up to 40, 50 million people in Australia. A big majority of that is going to be coming out of China and Asia because what we're seeing and have seen in the last four or five years is a big influx of immigration from China based on a lot of students. So families who are living over there are sending their kids over here, buying them $17 million apartments I'll add to that, mm. so they can go and get educated here. So then they're travelling here when they come visit the kids and various things. So this influx of not only tourist tourism from, from Asia but actually, you know, immigration, migration to Australia from Asia is, you know, is just blowing up. So this is where you are directing LK Jewelers and uh, you're going to go on other luxury brands? You, I mean, you, as I said, you see Rolex, Patek Philippe, um, you've got uh, Bang & Olsen for a, yep. more of a local brand. By the way, Bang & Olsen need to kick in the ass anyway because it wasn't doing great prior to your new ownership. You've only no. just taken over this, haven't you? We took over in May last year. May last year. So it's, you know, and I, I, I haven't bought stuff from there there from, for years, but I just remember it was under-promoted for some reason. It just didn't work. Yeah, look, it was, um, it was owned by the parent. To what you said earlier, you said, you know, someone's got to have a, a set of balls on them mm. and make an investment. And I'm the biggest... Get the biggest ball. <laughs> I love it. Not bad. Not bad. I'll, I'll let you say that. I won't, I won't dispute it. Your old man did too. Um, sorry? Your old man had big balls. Really? He, he, he had... Uh, he he did, seriously? Yeah. No, he, he had a crack. Yeah, no, he did. Um, I was just extrapolating what you were saying. <laughs> it sounded like you are going that way. Yeah, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, too many companies these days are looking for... And I don't know if it's my youth... I don't know if I just come at it a different way. Maybe I wasn't brought up in the corporate, you know, world and, and that's how business is done. But this philosophy of cut costs to make money is the most absurd philosophy I've ever heard in business because your business should always be running as lean as it possibly can. There should never be – if you're in a position to make money just by cutting costs, you should never be in that position. Your cost structure should be always at the lowest that it needs to be. But – in the scenario where you cut a dollar out of a business, your absolute maximum upside at best is a dollar. And I would argue you probably wouldn't even get that out of it. But when you spend a dollar, your upside's endless. And going at it and making investment and taking and you know taking risks, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to do. Do, do you think these like brands like and this is the same question for you, Tony, do you think they need you said before that BNO was owned by the parent. Mm. Do you think they need local knowledge here and there in, in different markets, like to to run and and to, to make those businesses grow as they should? No question. Yeah. You know, look, my, my um, I grow, I, I've grown up in Australia, I live in Australia. Now, it's yeah. not about knowing the streets. Yeah, it's yeah. about knowing the leasing agents and knowing yeah. other business people and having a network and, and having, you know, having the relationships that you need. You know, it's interesting. You look at there are international brands coming in who are paying because they're trying to compare, I don't know, Collins Street in Melbourne to Madison Avenue. So when they get now five grand a square meter, in my opinion, is absurd to pay rent. That's that's my opinion, and the problem is these international brands who don't know any better, who don't send anyone into action and negotiate a deal, yeah. are comparing it to the fifty thousand a square meter they've got to pay in Madison Avenue and go, oh yeah, no, that works. That sounds really oh, good. Yeah. That sounds like a good deal to me. I'll go in there. Then all of a sudden, 
they don't care about the money they make or lose on a store yeah. because for them it's just a branding exercise. Yeah, yeah. And then the retailers who are actually trying to make money out of a store all of a sudden can't go and get any real estate because the the landlords have lost their minds and want seven and a half and ten thousand dollars a square metre. Yeah. So th- th- there's that element, and, and look, and I think marketing. Does it justify that? I was I was chatting to a mate of mine, Josh Lowey, you know, yeah. about about the, the top floor there. At, City Westfield, yes, and something like five thousand dollars a square meter for the, the yeah. Gucci store and all those sorts of places. He says, mate, sometimes, um, you know, cut Asian customers will come in and they'll drop like fifty to a hundred grand, and in you got you got another instances. eight of them behind you in line oh, waiting yeah. to do the same. You paid for the year, correct? In some <laughs> instan- in some instances, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. And, and when you've got a big international brand and you've got volume, yeah, you know that's the thing. You know, I can sell three watches and make what. A store, you know, a fashion store can make it an entire day. Yeah. Exactly. So you know that that's the difference between the high volume or high transactional yeah, type, okay. you know, type of business. Um, but look, you know, it's 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 you know different horses for different courses. You know, sure. some some brands can make money paying whatever, yeah. and, and some can't. Sure. But certainly in local knowledge, and to the point of where where Bang and Olufsen was, it was a parent company that that, you know, and they're a public company. Yeah. Public companies struggle to just be as nit that they can't be nimble. Because they've got shareholders to answer to. You know, I'm of the the view that I would rather make 100% of my money over five years mm. than 10% a year. How much and do you answer? And that's an impossible thing to get a, a shareholder to understand. How much do you answer to the brand itself, though? Like in your agreement, do you, are you restricted? It depends which brand. Okay, right. It depends which brand. So, um, in, some, in some instances, have you, have you got huge encumbrances around you as to what you can and can't do? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, our business is a mole. So Emerald Group Investments is the parent, is our parent company, right? Yeah. Still privately owned. And it owns LK Boutique, which is the watch and jewellery business. It owns Bang & Olufsen, which is part of the tech division and also has a fashion division. So sure. we've got some um, fashion brands that we bring into Australia who are international brands. And, you know, depending on the relationship and the type of deal. So Rolex is, we're an agent. We're a retailer. We work with them. We pick stores. They say, yes, we're happy for you to run that store where... So we own the Martin Place Boutique, we own Crown Boutique, but there's another retailer that owns the Collins Street Boutique, let's sure. say, in Melbourne. So yeah. Rolex work with uh, partners. Rolex don't retail anywhere in the world. They always work with partners, mm. uh, which is clever. You know, it goes, it's yeah, something trying to, to get that local knowledge. It, exa- well, it's something to be said that arguably the biggest watch brand in the world, yeah. that's how they do it. Yeah. You know, and I always find it fascinating when people look at the best and want to go against them mm. and not follow them. But... You know, in a deal like that, it's very structured. You know, Rolex, you know, provide us with the inventory, buy it directly from them. They give us the display material. They tell us how to how to market. So it's pretty stringent, but they've got a great brand. So really, I'm happy to do, you know, work with them and, and do what they want me to do. Bang & Olufsen's different. Bang & Olufsen's a distribution agreement. So in that scenario, it's my responsibility to market, you know, open stores, subject to approvals, of course, but pretty much uh, I haven't yet seen any scenario where they're not going to approve in any location or any marketing sure. plan or anything like that. So that's distribution and then we can set up, in that scenario, wholesale agreements. So we, we might go to a local, uh, you know, a local hi-fi AV store out in wherever and set up a shop in shop in there and sell them BNO that they can then on-sell to the public. So we have that control. And then the fashion division, the fashion deal that we've got, um, which I'm probably going to announce in the next 24 hours, so I'm going to sign the deal at 3 o'clock this afternoon. But oh, No, no, announce it now. <laughs> it's a scoop. <laughs> Got a scoop. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say it's, an, it's, it's a brand that, that's under the LVMH group, okay. fashion brand. It's not been in Australia before. Louis Vuitton? No. Maui? Hennessy? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Nick. Go, 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 go. <laughs> go through the list. I just went through the acronym. Pull out, pull yeah. out Google. <laughs> um, 
and that deal is distribution and wholesale. So, you know, we'll then sell sell that product into the likes of a David Jones or a yeah. Meyer, as well as opening retail stores and various things. So the beauty of that was it just diversified our business. Not only do we not want to get uh, hamstrung by being, you know, in one industry, i.e. watches, which is an incredible industry, mind you, but... On top of that, you don't want to then be sort of held by two brands. So at the time when I took over the business in 2010, we were two brands, Patek and Rolex. You know, one phone call one day, hey, we don't want you to sell our brand anymore, and 50% of the revenue is gone. Mm. And the other one rings me the next day, and that's the end of the business. So it's really it had to push really hard to get more brands in and, and then diversify them. So, James, can I ask you, is there any, is there any um, like the Big Mac index? I mean, do people care that a Rolex in a Sydney is more expensive than, say, in Hong Kong, or are they the same price globally, allowing for currency? Um, how, you know, why does someone want to come to Australia and buy a Rolex? Well, it's, it's you know, how much shopping do you do here and how much shopping do you do when you're travelling? Would, I never psych- shop, so I'm a... Psychologically. I'm talking to the Acorns guy, <laughs> mate. He's, he, he ain't spending anything. He's saving. Um, no, I think, you know, I think, look... Arguably, tourists tend to want to buy when they're travelling. Yeah. Well, that's just that's a psychological thing. Um, you know, what I found interesting is I've sold to people, I've sold to full-blown multis, right, who don't have got so much money it doesn't matter, and I've sold to people who have saved up and it's an aspirational purchase. And it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter the range of person that you deal with. There's a guy, the absolute multi, who will hunt the planet, for twenty bucks if, to find a saving if you can find it, yeah. and then you've got, and you've got the person who saved up for the money who actually is happy to spend what they're being asked to spend for that service and experience and, and all those things. So, look, I think you've got a broad range of people. I don't. I'm not about price. I actually, I actually am not. You know, I've, I've actually never looked at a, and it drives my CFO crazy. I don't care about financial modelling. I don't care about this is going to cost this and this is going to cost that. I care about concept. I care about service and experience. You know, the old, the old adage of build it and they'll come. And, and that's what we focused on and that's what I target. So it's not about I'm sure you could get, you know, products that I sell cheaper down the road. I'm sure you could. But my view is, you know, integrity, treating people with respect, you know, building, uh, you know, having a relationship with the consumer that's more than transactional, yeah. which you can't do when you're killing your own margin just trying to get, you know, business coming in and out the door. And there's a lot, there's a lot of important things to be taken out of from all that. And I think what people who are listening to here, diversification is one of the big lessons out of what James just said. Um, and it's it's a bit like when we were talking John Winning the other day, uh, They diverse, Winnings have diversified their... Well, John is uh, young. John Junior has actually diversified his way of selling the product. In other words, putting it online. James Kennedy is talking about diversifying the product lines that they got so to get take the risk out of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean there was a risk, but you know, any pr- presumed risk. Um, what's interesting is that we're talking about no price pressure here in James's uh, part of the market. That's because he's talking about luxury items, which generally speaking are not pri- as price sensitive as. What Tony's talking about, and Tony's talking about a you know a fee, which is his price, which is extraordinarily low to manage your loose change to help build something there for the day you retire or for some other day. And uh, we're at two ends of the market. Absolutely. And I think what's really interesting about this is we you, the, the concept they're not the the middle class or the middle part of the market sort of um, being uh, pushed. They're picking one side. By, or one side or the other, and. Um, 
It's probably where Sally comes in, living large. I was going to say, yeah, because I was going to say. We've got living large, living lean, and then we've got somewhere. And I I was going to say it's exactly right because it's, what do they call that in television? Segway or something, you know. Unintentionally, these guys are all quite intricately linked, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and so Sally Abmeter, you're welcome. Thank you, lovely to have me here. And um, what your your new business is, or it's relatively new? Three years. Three years, is Swish. It is. Tell us about it. It is um, a, a website. Um, we launched it three years ago and it's basically an online magazine. So we cover fashion, beauty, health, fitness, family, and our ethos is very much lux for less. That is our thing. We, you know, we feel like people want to have a fabulous life, but not everyone can afford it. So it's a fabulous life at an affordable price. So and you're trying to bring the two ends of the market together? Kind of. I, I kind of feel like there is actually a middle ground and I feel like the middle ground is... We're, we're aimed at women, obviously, um, and in that kind of t- late 20s to kind of late 40s space. And typically in that space, they've got either a mortgage or, you know, kind of huge rental um, costs. They've got a family or a young family. They want to have a family. They still want to have the things in life. They still want fashion. They still want to buy things and feel fabulous. They still kind of read magazines and go, I love that bag. I want that watch. But a Rolex is not happening for me at this space in time because I've got too many other kind of big commitments that's like on my kind of dream wish list. But what can I have now? And I want something that will still make me feel good, but it's not as expensive. So what are you, okay, for example, yep. say, so we've got a 28-year-old typical woman. She's uh, maybe got a job. She might be doing some study at night or something to prove her life. Yep. She's probably paying rent or could be paying a mortgage off. She can't afford a Rolex. Yep. Um, she wants a Michael Kors watch. Okay, so w- so what do you do? So, so we are um, so we're in. We've got two 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 parts of the business. One half is like a magazine where we work on an advertising model. So we kind of pick things that we like. We do um, stories about them. Everything is kind of sponsored posts. So very much like a magazine stories editorial, but they're things that we like that we know our customer will want. Some of those are linked to. A commission model. So, for example, we, we say, yep, you know, if you like rose gold is a big trend at the moment, that's what you should be kind of getting if you're looking for a watch. Here's three that we really like. We like this one from Michael Kors. We like this one from, say, um, Guess, and we like another one. And they so, could were, I ask you to interrupt you for yeah. a moment, Sally? So, j- just uh, uh, indulge me for a moment. So, is that, is what you're doing, um, Lux for Less, is sort of more about f- fashion? As opposed to what he does is sort of like a Rolex is a classic watch. Absolutely. So you're trying to... Hard uh, lux. They call it hard luxury. Hard, yours? Yeah, hard, hard luxury. Yeah. Hard luxury. So <laughs> you, you sort of bridge the gap. So you're actually taking people on an aspirational journey. Yes. Okay, we'll get you into Michael Kors or yes. whatever those yeah. other brands you mentioned were. And, uh, because ultimately they all want to get into... Everyone wants that. The Rolex. Absolutely. So could I, could I ask you that you... Do you do interviews? Do you do... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what I think you should do is you should interview, interview Tony here, Tony Faye, his business Acorns, because the only way they're going to actually end up with the hard lux, the Rolex... <laughs> It's through your it. aspirational process is actually saving some fucking <laughs> saving some money, and um, and the only way they're going to save some money is actually get on some sort of way of doing it, some sort of program to do it. I'm serious. Uh, uh, well, we actually so so Tony and I disclaimer. Well, we you're give we some money. Well, so. well, <laughs> we, well, I am an investor in Acorns. Oh, cool. And we have um, and I have the app, and I love it, and I think it's amazing. And we are doing a blog post on Acorns on our site because we do cover that, right? Because it's we cover so besides fashion and beauty and health and kind of, you know, 
or food and whatever. You do finance we do, as well. Yeah, we do, yeah. Well, we do family, right? So working mums, I mean, we have a very small market of dads, but very much working mums, they want, you know, advice. They want to know, hey, listen... Well, hang on, we're not going to give them advice. So, no, no, but they want advice from us, yeah. right? Like if, if we find tips. something, tips, exactly, yeah. tips, tricks. And it's like, and I obviously believe in Acorn. I think it is incredible. It's one of those things where I'm like, I wish I thought of Acorns. You know, it's that one. That's what you said to me in the street the other day. Exactly. Yeah. There are, occasionally in life you think, I wish I thought of Uber and I wish I thought of Acorns. Like, why didn't, that wasn't that me. Um, so we're doing a blog post about it because we believe in it. We think it's great. And you know what? It's the loose change ball. I keep saying that is what that is. And keep that money. And you know what? Save it up. And after you're buying a guest watch for a little while, go get a Rolex. So go how, get a Chanel I'm bag. all of you. Um, everybody here. I mean, how important is this aspirational thing? Does it still exist in Australia? I mean, is it uh, globally? Is it? 100%. I mean, is it, is it your aspirational readers? A- absolutely. Because I, I think one thing that we, I know works for us is that even if you've got, say, for example, a $20 top from wherever, the thing that works the best is the $20 top with a Chanel bag. And it's that combination that people go, I like that. I want that to be me. I can't have the Chanel bag yet. I'll get the $20 top now. That works. It's interesting that to that point, that's when I refer to this no middle class because it's the consumer is buying a luxury item and a budget item all, all in the same transaction. So that's where I'm saying they're picking, they're actually picking one side of where they want to be at any, any one time. Yeah, so what you're saying, yeah, because what you're not saying there's no middle class, you're saying the consumer is picking either, the consumer, wherever, wherever they fit socioeconomically, is making a decision on whether they're going to pick from the top end or the bottom end. Correct. Yeah, no one's, no one's dressed from head to toe on Louis Vuitton unless you're in downtown Beijing or something. And those dudes in China, they're like... Well, they're probably like, they're fake anyway. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russia, Ru- Russia, Russia has a crack. Yeah, something, Moscow. Yeah, 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 the yeah. old head to toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The, you know, the full leopard print pants and yeah, shoes yeah, yeah. and cap and... Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's funny when you look at um, <laughs> how brands buy in different parts of the world. So when I travel, I mean, there's products you see on display that you just couldn't imagine a human being would even wear. <laughs> but you can't get any because they're sold out. It's funny because across the road from your Rolex store, what's that store there across the road in um, uh, Five Castle Ray Street? Uh, the luggage store. No, the way you buy the phone covers. Uh, you know. Oh, um, you great know. question. Yeah, it's a it's a luxury goods store. They sell Virtu phones. Virtu, yeah. yeah. yeah I've never know, known anybody yeah. who's ever had a Virtu phone yeah. cover, but obviously they must sell them because they're everywhere. No, right? they're not a cover. They're a phone. They're a phone. It's actual phone. It's a starting price. It's a ridiculously expensive. Starting price yeah. of eight grand. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, what the hell? <laughs> which, yeah, which yeah, yeah. and the problem, <laughs> and that was actually the biggest problem with the Apple Watch. It's all well and good. The, the, uh, the standard watch, I think they'll sell. 800 a 1000 bucks. it's like buying a mobile phone. But the solid gold $20,000 watch, how are you going to buy that when you've got to replace it yeah. in two years' time? Because technology is what's advancing. That's me- what Daniel mechanical said watches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mechanical watches from, you know, Patek watch from 40 years ago is the same today, as is a Rolex. And leather is leather on a handbag, and that's not going to change technically either. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. It's timeless. Yeah, timeless, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, yeah. that's the difference between fashion and, and, and classics. Mm. It's, that's what I call it. You might call it hard luck. So I'm talking about classics. I mean, fashions come and go. Yes. Classics stay. I mean, they never change. And, uh, and I think on the aspirational ladder... We probably tend to go through the fashion process first, and then one day we're going to forward the classics. And it's sort of, it's in, I, I mean, this wasn't set up this way, was it, Nick, to have 
That's brilliant. The, the, the three parts. So brilliant. Um, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, he is. He's at the end oh, of the table. I take full credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> you take full credit for it? Oh, oh, sorry, Nick Fordham just stood up. <clears throat> There's a bit of coughing going in the background. Well, someone's got to be responsible for it. I didn't cherry to it. I just thought it was interesting with the, with the fir- with our first two guests, Tony and and um, and James, that. Uh, you both haven't reinvented the wheel. You're both using, uh, you know, pro- international products that, that you know sell well and, and bringing them here to a market that you think will sell well into. Um, it's just, I like the idea of not having to reinvent the wheel all the time, you know, and create a, a completely brand new product. Yeah, well, that's I what mean, attracted us to Acorns. Yeah, exactly. Just, we knew it was, once we saw the concept. Yeah. And Steve perfect right. for here, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so all the technology had been done and we just had to replumb it a bit for Australian conditions, make sure we had the right ASIC licences, AFSL and all that sort of thing, um, which is, you know, when you're talking about local conditions. Sure. Um, you know, the Americans came out here and wanted to do it themselves and decided the licensing regime was too tough. Mm. Um, the people I'm in the business with, we all have very strong financial markets backgrounds and understand the financial side of it they, and they're very good at the techni- uh, technology and marketing side of it. And, um, you know, it was a... a Brilliant deal in the end. That's what James Kennedy just said. I mean, James Kennedy, you know, comes from um, jewellery or, or luxury luxury items um, uh, family environment. I mean, he sort of has those credentials and he's done exactly the same thing. He's, he's gone... The, 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 the overseas brands have tried to run their brands locally, haven't done so well, but they've said, OK, let's get a local family who know exactly what's going on, how to, yeah. how to, run, how to run this in this market. That's what James Kennedy's saying. Hmm. Would you suggest yeah, you know, that if, if, you, if, you, if you know your way around the licensing and uh, regime and financial markets um, legislation here, you're a long way in front of someone who comes in green and, sure. and wants to try and do it themselves. And, and, and same again for James. I mean, if you know your way around the retail environment, know how to find the best spots, I mean... How, how important is it finding the best spots? Oh, look, it's um, look, it's it is incredibly important, but in some instances, depending on, uh, I mean, you look at great restaurants. How many great restaurants are actually? I'll use the term in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, yeah. and kill it. You can't get a table. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there there is a sense of yes, absolutely. Look, location is important. You can't just stick anything anywhere, really. But you know, and there is always exceptions to. But the if rule. you put your Raleigh store in the middle of bloody mascot. You know, on the way to the airport. I think I'd sell a lot of watches still. Still? Yeah. Seriously? So I, I could think if I put one in Alice Springs, I would sell a lot of watches. Wow. So, so, <laughs> so, 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 okay, so, so the, the product. But that's not every brand. No, okay, that's, 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 that's the role. And brand. I wouldn't sell as many as I sell in Martin Place. Right. Okay. That's for sure. You're right. So, rent would be cheaper. And the, well, yeah, so, you know. Do the calc- get the CFO working out the calculations. Maybe maybe there's better gross profit for me in there's better margins. Saying, so as you Alice said Springs. before, if you build it, they'll come. So what you're saying, yeah. if you've got the right product, they'll come there. Yeah, correct, correct. And, and Sally, in your game, how many in your business swish? Mm. How many subscribers you got now? Is it subscription based or uh, is it registered based? No, no, no. It's it's free. So basically, what happens is we're at about ninety thousand unique views a month and about seven hundred thousand page views a month. And it is a very it's a crowded space. Like digital is no doubt a crowded space, but we have a couple of advantages. One is that we. Um, well, a couple of things. One is we have an online store in addition. So about two years in, we realised that we wanted to diversify as well. We just realised that we don't want to be just a website that is leading people to other products that they can buy from other people. We wanted them to buy from us as well. So about a year ago, we set up an online store. So 
half of what we do is drive people to other people's products and half of what we do is we drive them to our products. So when you say your products, you like we your own watches st- or your own bags? Um, yeah, so fashion, jewellery, accessories. Someone else's brand though or your brand? No, someone else's brand. Right, someone, else's brand. someone else's brand. So everything is... Um, we work on like a, an edit, so to speak. So every month we'll pick 20 to 30 pieces and that's all that's available for the month. And then the following month it's 20 to 30 pieces again. So that way it's fresh for the customers. They know every month this is all there is. You've kind of got to get in quick and get it or it's gone. So that has worked incredibly well for us. And, and how involved are you, Sally? I mean, you've got a lot of other stuff going on with your responsibilities at seven. You got, have you got kids as well? I have a four-year-old. I have oh, a four-year-old right. and a husband. Oh, well. um, so two children. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, look, your own business, um, I always say, like, you can do as many hours as you want. There is no sure. shortage. I reckon I worked last year probably 48 weekends out of 52 yeah. and, you know, everyone was pissed off with me because it was like... Except you. Well, I wasn't pissed off with myself. I was doing what I felt needed to be done. It was a big year and we were laying foundations for a lot of things that we wanted to do. And you know what? You can only reap the rewards if you you do the hard work yourself. Um, But yeah, I mean, every day I go to do the show in the middle of the day, but at the front end of every day, I either go to Swish or I have that time with Annabelle and then or alternatively at the back end. So uh, one half of every day is literally a, a midday to midnight, yep. seven days a and what, week. And was all this going on, you know, whilst you're unhealthy as well? Or? No, no. I, um, I, for anyone who doesn't know, I had cancer about um, about four years ago, the yep. day before Annabelle was born, I found out I had stage three breast cancer. The day before? The day before. Wow. Before she was born? The day before she was born. Oh. Um, and they basically said... I. They, they made me have her straight away and then I went within a week I was doing chemo and the prognosis was pretty bad. So um, at that stage I worked at Today Tonight, mm. I was an entertainment reporter and it was kind of actually during my treatment at the end I just thought if I survive, what is it? It's funny how that kind of when you're on death's door. genesis for what you're doing now or at yeah, all? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I just thought if I survive this, what is it that I want to do with my life? I can't, I suddenly realised, well, it's not a given that I'm going to get to 90. What is it that I want to do and how do I want to spend my time? Do I even want to go back to work? And I just thought I, I, I love working. I actually, it is a complete joy, but what is it that I want to do? And I knew I definitely wanted to go back to TV. That was my love for that was still there. But what I wanted was my own business. I wanted the chance to to have an idea and see it through and not be in the confines of being an employee because when you're an employee you're it's a different channel when you're when you're the kind of the entrepreneur well you can do whatever you want if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't work you just kind of keep maneuvering your way around it and that was when I rang my sister who is my partner at Swish and just said you know what I want it let's why don't we do this together um and so now we have four staff as well as her and I what's your prognosis Oh, I um, just had another scan. I, I get a scan every like three or four months. So I just had another scan and it's all good. So I'm hoping to get to the five-year mark. All so good meaning. All, all good meaning. It's all clear. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. So now it's – because that's interesting. How old are you? At 42. Okay, you're a baby. So you've, you've got past that. You've had your kid. Yep. How old is your kid now? Four. Four. Is a daughter? Daughter, Annabelle. Your daughter. Yep. Okay. You're married. You've got a job at TV. Um You've now set up your own business called Swish. Yep. Um, is this a does it, is this a testimonial for hard work? Absolutely, and and perseverance and persistence. And when people say it can't be done, which everybody said to me in the beginning, I love that. 
everyone said, this cannot be done. It's a crowded space. You've got no cut through. And I basically said, well, I don't care. Just watch. So any of those begrudges out there who are whinging about, I can't, I can't, I haven't got a chance, I can't ever do anything, blah, 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 blah. Here is Sally here who's just gone through all this drama and now got her own business and has got as much energy as anybody I've ever seen. Thank you. And your, and your, and your prognosis is clear, which is fantastic. Thank you. And I'd say, I would say, of all the people I talk to, it's the same deal. Everybody says the same thing, hard work. Absolutely. And, and someone told you it can't be done. And, and that drives you. It can be done. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people have said to me, oh, but you're really lucky because you're on TV, so therefore anything that you want to do, everyone will just fall at your feet and say yes. And That's I say, bullshit. absolute <laughs> bullshit. We just did a book last year. Um, Maha and I wanted to, Maha's my sister and, and business partner. And I said to her, I really want to do a book. I had already done a memoir myself um, after I was sick and then I wanted to do a, a cookbook on green smoothies that I am super passionate about. And I pitched it to Alan and Unwin, my original um, book publishers, and they said, no one will buy that book. It's such a boring book, no one will buy it. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. So we shopped it around to a couple of other publishers and they all just, literally everyone laughed in our face. And I was like, oh, no, but I had another book before. The first book I did wasn't went to number one and they said, well, we don't care. No one wants to buy that book. And I was like, well, I don't care. Stop I said, it. let's do it ourselves. We'll do an ebook. And we did it as an ebook and we worked on it for like six months and we photographed it ourselves and we like everything, literally in our kitchen. We shot it, we styled it, we bought all the product, everything. And we put it up on iTunes and overnight it went to number one. And guess who rang? Alan and Unwin saying, about that book, kind of keen to work on that Have book. You said with you. About, that, about this, <laughs> too late. The price went up. About that commission, um, and we did it. And Good it's in its seventh reprint. It's it ended up last year. It's the number three best-selling book of the year. Fantastic, and that's right? what I say to people: it's wow. like, don't worry if don't ask for everyone else's validation. Who cares if you know it and you believe it? Then try. What's the harm in trying? And, and, don't, and don't be pulled down by people saying, "Oh, you're lucky." Yes. This kid here next to you, this man, this young man here, um, I'm sure people say to you, James, you're lucky your mum and dad set up this business in the past, but I know how hard you work. I know the, the effort you put into everything and you're totally, you're like obsessed nearly with making this work. I am. And that, that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, it's the old adage of nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. Mm. No one knows... Mm. The sleepless nights. No one knows, you know, how you're paying creditors. No one knows the the day to day things that when you build a business you have to endure. Hundred percent. And and even in your case, you know, you, you're sick, you're unwell, you've got a family. I mean, that would just knock you, you know, to, into next week trying to deal with that. And then you've got to try and build a business and run a business and pay your bills and do all those, you know, things that come on top. And it's interesting. I was young. I mean, I got sort of thrown into the business 29. Um, Dad had died and, and mum sort of had enough and, and uh, talk about th being thrown right into the deep end. And when you're trying to run a big business or any type of a business, you know, I was green. Do you know what I mean? And people took my my insecurities at the time as arrogance or ego or, or whatever else you want to call it, which was just I'm just a young kid trying to protect the family interests. And But it's interesting... You know, there's nothing wrong with working with a chip on your shoulder. There's nothing wrong with, with you know what? Sometimes some people say, "Who cares what other people think?" Which I, I tend to agree, but I don't mind. Deep down, it's a nice little bonus when you sit there in bed at night and go, "Oh, you know, look at that dickhead stuff you <laughs> were doing." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> people told you. Probably said you're mad. Oh, I had people. I had, funnily enough, I'd heard a story that someone overheard 
someone having in a coffee shop in Singapore with a competitor, uh, a luxury watch and jewellery business, who said, oh, the old man just died. We're going to wait and let the kid fuck it up mm. and then we're going to come in and buy it off him. Not, not, not to discredit anything that yeah, your parents have done. I'm sure they set up a really good foundation, but what is, yeah. what is LK Boutique now compared to what it was when you took over? Look, in its simplest form, we were in 2011... Yeah. We were two stores, two brands, and three employees. Yep. Where today, by the end of this year, we'll be 150 employees, 20 stores. Wow. So um, like you've made massive changes. Yeah. And you've grown it yeah. immensely. And you don't realise that yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. You know, you've got to take that moment to smell the roses a little bit. Yep. And, you know, we've got this. Mate, honestly, four, three years ago, I was working in a 12-square-metre windowless office yeah. above one of my stores. And now, <laughs> yeah. you know, I get people coming from overseas, you know, LVMH and all these big luxury brands who walk, walk in our headquarters and just can't believe what they're seeing yeah, right. in the scale and size and fit out and, cool. you know, to have uh, – and you just do – but I'm aggressive, see, I, I, I don't let up, you know, and it drives you my team up. Never. And, that, and that's part of it. I mean, we've got the same story here, Tony Fay. I mean, like, you are effectively taking on the big institutions by mopping up all the spare change in the marketplace and investing it. That, I mean, and that's a, yeah, that's a I big I wouldn't say we're taking on the big institutions. I'd say what we're, we are, we're creating a whole bunch of new investors that are going to graduate one day into the big institutions. You know, they'll have a successful Has experience. Has anyone said to you, this is crazy, that you, this is a big big call, this is a big undertaking? Is no, you, you know, in fact, everyone who hears about Acorn says that's a great idea. I wish I'd have thought about it. <laughs> and, and we haven't... It's killing me. Um, you know... We, have, we haven't had much interaction with the banks here yet, but the experience in the US is that the banks are approaching Acorns trying to buy snuggle them. up to them. Or buy them. Yeah. What's your t- Tony, you've had a bit of a, a comeback story as well, because I, I remember you used to run MF Global here, right? Yeah. And uh, through no fault of Tony's own, like, the parent went bust. And I remember because your commodities team came over to Bell Potter and I saw a whole bunch of people walk in the next day or, or the next week, whatever it was. Um and, uh, you know, so you, you had to sort of, you know, that, that would must have been a big that, 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 Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a gutting experience. Yeah, we were yeah, the yeah. biggest commodity broker in Australia, biggest futures broker by far. Yeah, yeah. And then to sort of, you know, walk in one day and because yep. some guy in America had a massive punt on European bonds. The parent yep. blew up. Blew up. Yeah. And, you know, you go from being the, you know, head rooster down, to, you know, trying to yeah, sure. make sure all to the customers are looked dust after. Absolutely. <laughs> And that's yeah. that's that's uh, that's not a great experience, but yeah, you know, no. you, you you have to deal with the cards you dealt, and yep. and you know I've been look, I've been looking for opportunities ever since then. I, I certainly didn't want to go back into the corporate world. Sure. So, but but how much is hard work contributing to your drive and your and what your your success so far in uh, this new business? Look, there's been a ton of work done over the last year. Um, there's no doubt about that. It wasn't as easy as we thought it would be to Never is. to to replumb the thing so it would work in Australia, and and you know when you when you sign a deal with people, there's always something that someone thinks they're responsible for, and, and something they don't think they're responsible for. We thought they were responsible for the whole thing. So there's been a little bit of friction with our partners, but we've sorted all that out. Um, and it's it's really the, there's there's a team of people who are working extremely hard to make sure that this project works properly. I don't, Fun, fun. What do you do? I mean, is there any fun balance in all the things you do? I mean, all of you work really hard, super uh, committed. What about the fun factor, James? Um, 
I look, you need time away. So, so you know. What do you do? I look, I'll, I'll travel. I like to, tra- you know, travel a few times a year. Um, you, you've got to switch off. So, so, you know, there's a lot of work trips and a lot of travelling in that sense. But to take, you know, two, three weeks off and just go sit on a beach somewhere, you need to do. Um, hobbies are good, you know. But to be honest, I love. Do you have hobbies? I don't. I'm saying hobbies are good. I'm not saying that I, <laughs> oh, I, ne- I necessarily <laughs> have one. Mate, can, look, can I be honest? I love working. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love doing so deals. That's yeah. my fun. Yeah, yeah. For me to get up and, and do deals and negotiate and 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 um, deal with problems. I love problem solving. You know, I love the pressure cooker. The That's tougher it. it gets, the more I love it. So then that you're a perfect person to be an entrepreneur. Sally, what about you? Yeah, fun? I, I, I honestly, outside family time, Nothing. You, in other like, words, you're happy enough. I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah. Like outside of like a, a lunch with the girls and a couple of, you know, champagnes, whatever, like that's it. Like that's I don't enough. know, I don't have any you hobbies. Have... Like if I have any spare time and no one wants me, I'm like, see ya, I'm off at the office. I, really, I want to grow that business. And Because I think we had a common theme here, and Tony? Well, I've got to say, setting this business up compared to the financial markets, meeting a whole heap of young entrepreneurial Australians who have got businesses that want to do business with us, they're open, everyone's open and an open book in this sort of digital game. It's so different to the financial market. It's actually fun. I've loved, I've loved doing that and I'm also a terrible golfer. I love doing that. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, that's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm sick to death, to be honest, I'm sick to death of reading these life balance things and, uh, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do things, be mindful of this and this positive psychology and you've got to, you know, make sure that everybody's got, you know, the, the ability to hack in, like have hackathons in the organisation. You've got to provide this time out and... You know, if you love what you're doing, that's usually enough. And to me, I have this concept of being happy enough. And if you consider that you're happy enough, in other words, you're not trying to be ecstatic, you don't have to be ecstatic. Just have to be happy enough. Be happy enough doing something, having a couple of champagnes, happy enough to see your kids and your family and get on with it. In your case, happy enough to have a break every now and then, but get on with it. In your case, the same. Happy enough with what you're doing. You might have a, a, go around and have a game of golf. You love going to work because you're getting energy out of the people you're with. I'm sort of the same. I'm never doing anything good with the work-life balance anyway. There's not enough time at work. <laughs> well, that's probably. Well, that's, I mean, you can. To me, the work. Nine to five. What are you going to get done at nine to five? Look, I, I mean, yeah. all those people listening. I mean, they're probably thinking because everybody's at at you when you got when you're entrepreneur saying, "Well, you, what's wrong with you? You should need to have some more time off. You need to be doing. You should be doing that." Okay, work-life balance is, is there is such thing as work-life balance. It's not fifty-fifty. Yeah. It might be ninety-eight too. You sleep ninety-nine <laughs> one. It doesn't matter. You all got. We all have work-life balance. Just that the percentage of balance that we're putting in, or life that we're putting into the game, yeah. is a lot less than other people expect us to be doing and, ex- and expect for themselves. If you love what you do, if you love work, if you love the job that you've got, why why do you need to balance it? That's you, what you like physically. Correct. Like to do. And if you need more balance, it means you don't love the job you got. So don't correct. leave the job you got correct. and go and do something yeah. about it. And the only sorry, the only thing I'll just say, the one thing you do have to spend time doing is reflection. Always just take, hit the pause button, you know, even Step back. a couple of times here, just to see where you're at, check the board, because that's when you can make a bad decision. When you're too emotionally invested in something and you haven't sort of sat back and almost look at it like a chessboard. And, yeah, and look at that. the whole board. Step back. Take a step back and have a look at it look, mm. and look at it critically. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't keep convincing yourself you're doing the right thing. Brilliant. Great day. It's worth having a day off last week. And, uh, would I hurt my arm? Sorry about that. Apologise, everybody, for mucking you around. Um, and, uh, but this is a great show. Thanks very much. Thank Have a good one. Thank you. See you guys. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Boris, and find out more at markboris.com.au.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.